Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, We are quickly approaching 100 episodes. This is technically episode 98, depending on the platform you're listening. Um, It may show up as 99 or 97, but it's definitely technically 98. Um, Some bonus episodes count sometimes depending on the provider, but we are going to have a very big announcement, a very big fun surprise uh, coming in the 100th episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I Cannot believe I have sat here on the other end of this microphone talking to some incredible people, um, talking to myself, talking to all of you um, almost 100 times. It's really incredible. So I just appreciate y'all for being here, for listening. Uh, We have consistently been charting in um, not only in the U.S. under careers podcast, but all over uh, all over the world, especially in the last, uh, specifically in the last couple of weeks, actually. So we've been hitting, especially the the U.S. charts, has been really awesome to see. Uh, that one's harder to creep into, uh, but we have been in the top 200 consistently for the last several weeks. So thank you all uh, so much for coming and hanging with me, and um, I hope I get to hang with you all in person soon. I know I was talking about this with my um, my community and my clients, but. I will be, uh, well, next week, if you're listening to this live, I'll be in Sonoma uh, with Andy Storch and the Talent Development Think Tank Conference. I'll be there uh, facilitating a session. I'll be there participating as a learner. So I'm really excited uh, to get my learn on uh, next week as well. Um, I will be participating um, virtually in a conference come March, March 8th, I believe. Uh, so it's the HR Wellbeing Week. I'll post about that too. Um, all this information you can get on my website. And then I'm super, super, super pumped for the ATD ICE conference, which is happening at the end of May. I will be partnering with the Learning Cluster Design Group, who you know I'm obsessed with. Um, We're going to be putting on some really cool crossover events between our two communities. So I know uh, many folks from LCD and are also folks in the Overnight Trainer community. And Crystal and I cannot wait to bring you all together. So if you are going to be at any of those events, please, please, please uh, DM me on LinkedIn or email me um, or DM me on Instagram. Please let me know. I would love to give you a consensual hug if you're down for it. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, really, really excited about all of that. Super excited about all the things coming to the Overnight Trainer. Um, we are just launching so many amazing things. I'm bringing on such a great team to support me. Um, the clients, you all, like ugh, the people who have been coming into my world, I'm just so obsessed with them. And I just say, 
a little gratitude for, for them every single day. So I know many of you are listening. Just know that I love you. I adore you. I'm so grateful for you all. Um, and for all the listeners, thank you so much for being here. So I'm super pumped. 100 episodes coming up. A lot of great things going on. Um, this is also, too, what's interesting is the 100 episodes will be uh, right around the same time where the overnight trainer officially turns two. So this is a really big kind of lots of lots of milestones happening at the same time, which is very overwhelming, uh, but in the best way possible. So really excited about all the fun things that are coming up. Um, most importantly, what is coming up super, super soon uh, tomorrow. So if you're listening to this when this comes out on February 14th, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, but tomorrow on the 15th, we are kicking off the Build Your L&D Network four-week group coaching program. So it is four weeks together, four weeks with me, four weeks with a group of badass people, uh, all focusing on one thing, which is building your learning and development network. Um, how do we create this really strong network? You know, people say your network, your network, <laughs> your network is your net worth. How do we start to make that work for you? So what we're going to focus on inside of that program is first and foremost, finding your niche, your L&D niche. So if you've been kind of eyeing that course or eyeing that program that I have, um, come and join inside of here because that's where we're going to focus on that first and foremost. The second thing we're going to focus on is what goals do you have when it comes to networking? So how do you want to leverage your network? How do you want to lean on it? How do you want to learn from it? Getting really, really clear on what your mission is, going out there and forming a network so you're not doing it all willy-nilly. On the third week, we're going to focus on your elevator pitch. So I know a lot of people get caught up when someone gets, you know, says, turns the table and says, okay, tell me about you. You know, what is it that you've done and what is it that you want to do? So we're going to really hone that in that third week. And on week four and kind of after that, we're going to go and build that network. So you're going to leave with a solid, solid, not only foundation, but a solid network uh, to really start to leverage, to lean on, and to learn from. So that is happening. We're kicking off on Wednesday the 15th. Um, please make sure to hop in and join us. Um, even if you're a couple days late listening to this, maybe Thursday or Friday, uh, please don't forget to DM me. I'm happy to get you uh, into the program as well. So that is the Build Your L&D Network program. Uh, you can access that going to, uh, if you go to theovernighttrainer.com slash events. All of that's in there. You can DM me on Instagram or on LinkedIn. You can email me hello at theovernighttrainer.com and I will get you all set up in there. But yeah, big stuff coming. Uh, one last announcement that I have before I get into today's episode, which is that, and I put this on my Instagram for the few of you that are following me there, <laughs> um, is that Fast Track is retiring. So uh, I will officially, officially, officially announced that the week of the 20th, but I want to let my you know podcast folks uh, know early on because I love and adore you all. But Fast Track is retiring uh, in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way. It, it's retiring at its peak and at its height, which is a wonderful way for it to go out. So that program will be retiring and the last group that I'll be taking in um, will be until the 26th. I'm looking at the calendar. Um, so if you have been eyeing Fast Track, if you have been on the fence about Fast Track, now is the time to hop into the program. Uh, we're taking people um, in through, like I said, the 26th, which is a Sunday. Any questions you have about that, please feel free to DM me. Uh, there are payment plans for that. There's pay in full. There's three different tiers of access depending on the level of support that you are looking for. But if you are looking to land your dream role and be in that dream L&D role in the next 90 days, that is the program for you. So again, it's going to be wrapping up soon. Uh, we're going to be ending enrollment at the end of, almost at the end of this month. Um, you do get the build your L&D um, 
the Build Your LD Networking, uh, sorry, Build Your LD Network, it's late here on a Monday night. <laughs> Build Your LD Network Agri Coaching Program is included in Fast Track too. So if you decide that you want to upgrade into Fast Track, you can absolutely take your tuition from the Build Your LD Network program and put it into there. So lots of announcements. Again, more fun things are coming. I'll have lots of things that are going to be replacing Fast Track. So stay tuned for that in episode 100. I am going to dive into all the fun changes happening here uh, in the overnight trainer world. So let's get on to today's episode. Lots of chatting from me. It is very, very fitting that I have this next guest on first and foremost, because I'm going to see him next week in uh, the Talent Development Think Tank Conference. So really excited about that. Um, but one of the things that we talk about in this podcast episode and really, really focus on is networking and different ways that networking shows up for us, especially in a, a less traditional path when it comes to career transitioning and career transitioning specifically into learning and development and talent development. So today I have Aldi on the show. And Al is the founder of Better Works Labs, which is a talent consulting and leadership development firm focused on helping leaders create organizations where their people can thrive. Al is a speaker, a consultant, and a researcher. He focuses mainly on the future of work, talent and leadership development, and organizational strategy. If that isn't enough, <laughs> um, Al also hosts the Edge of Work podcast, which is a podcast that highlights what's new and next in the future of work. I know that you all will love this episode as much as I love recording it. Al is absolutely incredible. He has a wealth of knowledge, and I'm just so excited for you all to hear what a non-traditional path into the talent development space looks like. Al, welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Sarah, it's so great to be here with you, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, you know, it's so... You know, we're kind of talking off, uh, offline before this too, is around a, a conference that we're both going to. It's coming up. Yeah. And, uh, I was talking about this. Actually, it came out in the episode that I, I released today too, just around how how the the whole pandemic world brought people closer, made people meet who would never possibly met before. Although we did both live in LA, so we could have, could have crossed paths there too. But it's so exciting to to have you on the show and to again like expand the conversations that you know, we've been having in the network too. So I'm just excited that you're here. Uh, and we're going to really explore your journey today. So I know you're, you're quite the podcast host yourself. So now the tables are, tables are flipped yeah, for you today, Al. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I can be, be as good as I am, uh, on this side of the mic, but, uh, I, I know I have a great host and so I'm, I'm sure it'll go just fine. Why? Thank you. I thank you. I know whenever I'm, I'm interviewed, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is what it's like on the other yeah, side. I know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we, today we're going to explore your journey and your more non-traditional path into the world of talent development. But before we do, I'd love for you to walk us through at a high level through your career journey and really what led you to a career in learning and development in the first place. Sure. Happy to do that. And I'm sure like many, this was an accidental career for me. But when I was in college, I was a marketing and theology major, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew I had loved solving problems. I knew I liked working on teams. And I had a genuine interest in technology. And so what that meant was I started my career in management consulting. And so I worked at Deloitte Consulting, really helping organizations think about how do they implement and deploy and use technology as an enabler uh, to be able to do their biz business better, to better serve their customers, uh, to better empower their employees. And that was my first honest, one of the bigger experiences with potential opportunities of learning and development, even though I didn't know it. Uh, I was constantly during my engagements, oftentimes we'd be doing these workshops 
where we'd be taking the strategy that we built with the executive team or uh, the business unit team and trying to cascade it down and roll it out throughout the rest of the organization. And that was where I learned firsthand a lot around change management and thinking about workshop design and facilitation and thinking about how do you actually get people excited about changing behaviors, particularly when it potentially may even go against the things that they want to do each and every day. And the I think a, a, another kind of breaking an opportunity point for me was that after one of those workshops one time, I had a partner on the project kind of say to me, hey, you're really good at facilitating these workshops and you're really good at explaining things to people in ways that light them up and make them understand. You should try to find more opportunities like that. And it was that and many more moments like that that kind of opened my eyes that this could be a field I could do one day. But uh, I just kind of kept going about what I was doing. I eventually went to business school, got my MBA and came back into consulting before I made another pivot uh, into doing product marketing, uh, working at Salesforce. And there's a lot of other steps along the way that led me to this. And a long story short, there were a number of other moments like that experience with that partner who told me I was good at something that was related to training and learning that kind of happened and other side hustles and projects and exploring curiosities. But the long short of it was that um, I uh, got into a couple more opportunities to start speaking more publicly around uh, uh, transitioning careers and professional development and, and developing yourself as a leader. And I loved doing that. And I finally kind of got to the point where while I was doing those outside of my day job, uh, on top of working a full-time day job, it was really the work that I really enjoyed so much. And eventually, I just decided to uh, switch it. And instead of having a side hustle where I could do this work, I wanted it to be the main thing. And eventually, I uh, now I am where I am now, where I am a leadership development facilitator and talent development consultant, and where I go in and work with companies to design programs uh, to help employees uh, build the skills they need to thrive in, in the workplace. And so it was a long and windy road. I'm happy to dig in further here and there. But I think at the end of the day, it really just kind of comes back to uh, paying attention to those moments of feedback that people gave me where they told me and gave me language uh, for this world of L&D that I didn't previously have. I love that. And, you know, to me, every, as you were talking, it's it really is those micro moments, right? And I, I talk about that a lot with my clients too, of sometimes it's so easy for us. I think society tells us too, of like, focus on the big milestones and those sure. big things that happen. And those are great. And those are important too, yeah. but it's, it's so, so much of what makes the journey, the journey is those micro yeah. moments and that micro feedback. And if you're, when you're, you have that open mindset to take that in and say, huh, sure. okay, that's great feedback. Wow. Okay. I'm hearing that again over yeah. here. And now I'm hearing it here. What does that actually mean for me and what I want to do with it? And it's so important that you, we, we celebrate those micro moments and really focus on those. Cause those are what end up leading to the milestones. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm sure too, in, in some of the work that you do when you work with people, I think a lot of it sometimes is just going back and evaluating the history of your work as well as other things that you do. And at one specific example, when I was in college, I was a first-year orientation leader. So my job was to welcome incoming students to college, uh, get them excited about it, answer their questions, but also help them pick their classes and talk, just talk to them about the college experience. And I remember during the first summer that I did this, I was about 19 years old. I was going to be a junior in college. I was a sophomore being a junior. And I remember one of the groups that I had, and we were going through some kind of uh, a little bit more complex kind of scheduling thing. And we just had a few minutes in my, with my group. And one of my group members asked me just like, oh, hey, like, wh why did you choose to become an orientation leader? You know, why were you interested in it? And just like at the end of it, she was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I just want to let you know, you're really good at it. Like, you're really good at explaining this. And it was a very, very small moment. But I still remember that experience to this day. 
because in that moment, if I look back and reflect on it deeply, I see a couple of the, like very much in what I was doing then is very similar to what I do now totally. in, terms of, in, in terms of all those things. And so I, I think we all have those moments if we just take a little bit of time to literally look deeper and it can be in the workplace, it can be outside of it, but there's threads there. And if we can look into them, I think there's a lot of opportunity to gain, be gained from that. Oh, for sure. That actually reminds me so much. I mean, you know, Jess Omley from the talent development think yeah, tank. Um, she was on, on the show, uh, God, made it last year. I can't believe I'm going on two years of the show. I can't even, I'm like, can't even keep it straight. But she, we were talking through um, her journey and she said that even, even where she is, you know, now in this vice president role that she, it took her some time to think back and, you know, for her having a high school job at McDonald's, she mm, was able to think yeah. back about how she was a team leader and she was a of trainer course. and she trained yeah. all these new people, but she never really stopped to think about that piece of it until a little bit later on in her career when she was really just dissecting, okay, what is it I love mm-hmm. to do and where does that come from? And seeing that those micro patterns, those micro moments that really led up. So your story reminded me of her story too. And the stories of so many of us, when we think about, why we're in this field, why L&D. It's what I ask all of my clients when we start working together. Like you have to have a why behind mm-hmm. it and I want you to go back. And so it also it also showcases too how much of talent development and learning development is transferable, right? These transferable skills that, yeah, would, your orientation wasn't a, a leader, wasn't a corporate job, right? But you gain these skills, you practice these skills, you honed these skills there that you were able to then continue continue doing that. So when you think about all the roles, even going back yeah. to your orientation leader role, all yeah. the roles that you've held before formally entering the L&D space as you are now, what would you say are the top transferable skills you developed in your previous roles that prepared you for this more formal talent development experience? Yeah, I'll give one specific example because I think about it a lot. So in my last role at Salesforce, I worked in product marketing. And as a product marketer, one of my jobs, I spent a lot of time on this, was working with our sales teams, in particular, some of the largest uh, the salespeople that serve some of the largest customers and really focusing on sales enablement. And I think in that specific instance, I really learned the importance of being truly a good business partner. And in terms of being a good business partner, really actually going even one further step than empathy, like actually trying to understand the life of a salesperson and what their specific goal and challenges were and how to how to then design something for them that was going to actually empower them to do their job better, right? And so, you know, that experience, I think, really get open my eyes, quite frankly, into what it was like to be a salesperson and the challenges that they faced, the opportunities that they had, and really helped me in terms of actually understanding what it meant to be a good partner uh, to sales. And that's something I think about now uh, because I do some work in the space, but also I, now I'm the seller. <laughs> and so in a lot of cases, so I have to kind of think about that. But I think another thing really w- is just around being able to use your uh, curiosity and to really understand, to, to get to the heart of what are we trying to solve for here? Uh, because any L&D professional who is particularly within an organization, you're solving for something. Someone's coming to you and they're asking, if it, even it, it doesn't matter if it's reactive or proactive. If someone's coming to you for something, there's something underneath it that they're actually trying to solve. And so being able to actually get to the heart of it and then to be able to link it back to the to some kind of business outcome is, is super, super critical and important. And having been a consultant, uh, having been a product marketer, 
I've always kind of been trained into thinking like, all right, how do I use my curiosity to get to the to to to, to what's going on here? So I think you know that's another one. And then I think the last one is just um, learning is change, right? At a, at a, at, a, at the core of it, right? And so uh, having this uh, openness to change and this change agility is another thing that I I have kind of taken on and, and from my own experience. And again, this has has been true in the sense that. When I was a consultant, I mean, that was the business that we were in, really helping people see the art of what change could be and then bringing them on the journey to actually achieve it. Uh, but also, you know, with learning in terms of thinking about when you are trying to develop a learning program of any kind, like eventually, like if you do your job right, there's going to be some kind of change, right? And, and and the hope is that it's a positive one. And so being able to be uh, intentional about that, to understand how to architect that, how to understand how people experience that for better or for worse. I think those are the ones that really, you know, kind of come to mind in terms of uh, things that help me now as an L&D professional that I, I picked up in L&D type work, but also just as being a consultant or being a product marketer or being an orientation leader for that matter. Yeah, I was going to say what's so great about those skills that you mentioned, right, empathy or beyond empathy, right, curiosity, you know, really being able to understand the root of the problem, change management, all of those things. Those are all skills that aren't exclusive to learning and development, sure. right? Mm -hmm. Those are all skills that you can develop in so many other ways, shapes and forms. I know people listening you know, to this episode, many are transitioning into learning and development for the first time and they're like, right. oh, I've done all those things, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. really have, you know, again, whether it's as an orientation leader, as a consultant, as, you know, working at McDonald's, right? no matter what it is, right? We can probably all look back and we can say, all right, in my career, have I done problem solving and empathy and, you know, relationship building and all of those things that really lend themselves to a, a really a really thoughtful L&D mm -hmm. experience as well. So I, I love that those weren't, you know, super exclusive to, to one particular industry. They can be across any and every. Sure. And to your point, I think, and, and this comes back to something we said earlier, it's, it's more just about being able to take the time and the space to intentionally think about where these things come to life, right? And some of that is just actually making time and being intentional about doing it. And the other part of it, I also think sometimes is that, uh, it's being able to get some feedback and context from others that are out there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes you can't you can't see all of it, right? And and that's all. You know, if you could, you you wouldn't be transitioning, right? Like you would already be there. But there, it starts first with that. That I think it starts first with that internal work, uh, and then certainly going out, you know, getting a coach, asking for feedback, uh, getting mentors, uh, doing informational interviews, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yo, I lo I love that piece of it too. Of like. And we're going to talk about that intentionality a little bit as well. But when you think about what I, something I really, really want to hone in on what you just said, which is doing the work yourself first, because I think so many people look for the answers for other, from other people before doing that inner work and before saying, what is it that I bring to the table? What is it I want to do? How do I want to do it? Where do I want to do it? What values do I have? Right. A lot of that intrinsic work to then go out and say, okay, now let me, here's my hypothesis. Let me go validate it. Let me go sure. see if, if it's a valid hypothesis or if I need to pivot or switch or, you know, or tweak some things too. So I really wanted to call that piece out that you just said, how important it is for you to do that own your own work to identify those micro moments and those skills that you've, you've grown and then go out into the world and say, all right, let me see if this, if this hypothesis is, is valid. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like spoken like a scientist, although I'm not one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a learning scientist. Yes. All right. I want to talk this actually, it's funny because this comes up inside of my house from a, per, a personal perspective for, uh, because I, I dropped out of college when I was 20. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't go back and finish until I was 28. My yeah. fiance, on the other hand, uh, has an MBA from a top three school. So we're kind of like, sometimes a house divided over like wh- what role education plays in, in career growth. So you're here to sa- settle our domestic, uh, our domestic dispute. No, <laughs> but I'd love to hear from you, you know, cause you, you went back, you have your, your MBA. I'd love to know what role your formal education played in your career gro- growth. And then also if there was anything that your education didn't prepare you for that you thought it would. Sure. I mean, I think fundamentally like the, what I always say, particularly because, uh, so for context too, I, uh, ran a blog, run a blog called MBA schooled, which is a community and media platform for people who are curious about an MBA degree and helping them understand how an MBA can grow your career. And so I, I get this question a lot, particularly within the context of, you know, people, a lot of times will ask, you know, do you need to get an MBA? Uh, the, the full stop answer is no. Uh, there are a lot of successful people in the world who never went to business school and who are doing just fine. And there certainly are plenty of really, really successful people who did go to business school. And the flip side is true for both of those. There's a lot of people who flamed out and didn't do anything with their career who went to business school and got an MBA. And there are a lot, plenty of other people who are not successful who never went to school. So uh, there's a lot of ways to be successful. It's just a matter of figuring out based off of what your goals are, what are the accelerants you need in order to get there? And so that is where an MBA can be of value or any type of graduate education can be of value in that regard. Uh, those are, uh, we're talking about, this is an L&D podcast those are supercharged L&D experiences, right? In terms of being, in my case, having two years where my sole specific goal was to learn as much as I could in a way that helped me get towards a career outcome. Having the space, time, resources to do that was a blessing uh, for me and gave me a lot of opportunities, not just for short-term learning in terms of learning content and knowledge and gaining access to things that I can use in the short term, uh, but also opened up opportunities, increased the surface area, at least for me in my career, uh, in terms of the network, in terms of uh, getting me into new pa- potential paths that I could probably wouldn't have gotten to, or maybe even seen as visible had I not uh, gone to school. And so there are some both short and long-term uh, doors that come from being able to go to a, a, a top MBA program and to particularly to do it for two years full-time. But that certainly also comes at a cost for that matter too, in terms of tuition and and going foregoing uh, uh, for, for going salary and things like that. Now, I know you didn't ask for the value of an MBA, but I, I'm just trying to, to, to kind of, no, I think it's folks. important. Yeah. And it's, it's, like I said, we talk about this in my house all the time. Um, and, and my, my opinion has actually changed the more I've had these, these conversations too, uh, you know, with my fiance. So you're, you're, yeah. you are, you are helping his argument. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let him well, know. <laughs> but to, to get to the, I think what you were asking in terms of like what you can learn or, or, or what do you, or what doesn't prepare you. So, uh, a couple things. So very specifically, one thing that helped me was that it gave me opportunities to have shots on goal. And I'll give you a specific example. One of the things I got to do in business school was I was asked to be a uh, work study uh, career coach. And so they trained us on career coaching. And then I went and helped people with resume reviews, cover letters. I taught workshops around networking, uh, brand building, LinkedIn, et cetera. That opened my eyes to the fact that career coaching was something I could do and something I ended up doing. And I only got that because I was in business school and I got the opportunity to take on that role. I'm not saying I couldn't have gotten it somewhere else, but that is like a very tangible thing that I was able to do that made a huge difference in the trajectory of my career. Uh, I think the other thing that was really helpful for me, at least, was that uh, being able to be in school into... uh, I got to actually work with a couple different professors and collaborate with them on some research as well as some projects uh, that were related to interests that I cared about. And so being able to have that and to be able to have that uh, ability uh, to build that knowledge as well as to produce something 
uh, that is something that has you know certainly gone with me. Uh, and then I would say the last thing was is just like it really taught me how to take an idea that I cared about, rally a whole bunch of people around it, and then bring it to life. Uh, it taught me the fundamentals of how to do that. What it didn't prepare me for is how to actually do that in the real world, right? And so that was what I had to learn, right? And so, uh, and then the, and the other thing is just as much as you can learn in terms of being in an environment where you can uh, try things, where you can explore, where you can talk to other people, uh, you you can't you can't uh, think yourself into new things, right? You have to go and do them. And so, while I definitely did get opportunities to do things and to build stuff and to fail and experiment, which was super valuable. Nothing is ever going to prepare you for, particularly when you're trying to in the world I am now, where I'm building my own business, other than actually going and doing the darn thing. And so, uh, there's definitely some a lot of great learnings from there. I'm very grateful for the experience because I know I got so much out of it. But there's a lot of like I was going back to my original point. There's a lot of ways to be successful in the world, and it doesn't mean you have to go to grad school to do it. Yeah. So it sounds like in in many ways it can be an accelerant for someone, but it doesn't necessarily replace doing, doing the work in the real world. Yes, exactly. I mean, I think that's ultimately like the, what it comes back to. And I think ultimately why there are some people who never go to school who just win, right? Because they just try and try and try and do things until they get it right. Use the knowledge they have, their capital, they have the networking they have to go and make it work. And all of that can happen whether or not you go to school, but you know, if you're a hard worker and you get into Harvard business school and you are willing to put in the effort, like, is that going to help you accelerate your career? I would say probably like that's, I, I have the, that's a, that's a bet that I'm confident that uh, I feel pretty, pretty strongly about too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, so I, I love your philosophy on it too, where it's not the, it's not the end all be all. There's yes. so many different ways to be successful. Um, and it also sounds like too, it's what you do with it. You know, it's, it's, it, you know, you, we can all do things and get pieces of paper. And I, I see that a lot too, uh, even not even talking about grad programs or people just saying like, I completed this course and I did this and I did like, and I got this right. piece of paper and this piece of paper, right. this piece of paper. And it's like, okay, great. Amazing. Congratulations. And yeah. also now what, like right. what, what can, what are you actually going to go now and do with it? Or what did you take exactly. away from it versus like, here's my piece of paper. I posted it on LinkedIn. So I, I love what you're talking about of yes, it's really wonderful and beneficial in so many ways and also does not replace you going out into the real world and taking action. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. I see people too. I think a lot of times people think, oh, let me get that MBA, that master's, that whatever it is. And, right. and that will be the the golden ticket for me, but it's, it's, it's only the golden ticket if you sure. apply the action to it. Yeah. No, it's your point. That's that's the beginning. Like, great. Like, your point. Like, great. Congratulations. Great job. And now what? Right. Now, what are you going to do with it? And, you know, that is also something I really do in part, you know, particularly for the people who do go to business school, because this is a personal belief, but take it for take it or leave it for out there. But it is of my belief, particularly if you go to an MBA from a top tier MBA program, part of your responsibility is to actually do something with it in a way that benefits someone beyond yourself. And so yeah. my message to a lot of people is congratulations. I'm very proud of you. I think that's great. And my question, next question to you is how are you going to use this in a way? Yes. That helps yourself, that gets you what you need, that helps you grow your career, but in a way that actually benefits someone that's outside of yourself. Uh, and that to me has always been the value of education is that it can be a force for good and it can be a way for people uh, to make an impact in this world. And so I am all for anyone who wants to use education, whether it's an MBA or something else, not just for self-knowledge, but in a way that like makes an impact and I will support that, but there's got to, there's work that has to come with that. 
Yeah. There's a deeper intention, right? Like that's I think yes. it's kind of the, the word of the, the word of the podcast. My next question to you is all around intentionality. So yeah. I, 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 I love that. It sounds like, it sounds like everything that you do, you bring intentionality to, and that you, so it, not only your own career growth, but as you help others grow in their career, you know, in all of the endeavors that you do have. So what would you say, speaking of intentionality, what are some of the best practices you can share from an intentional perspective for people who are transitioning into a new career in L&D, as well as for those who are looking to take their next step within the L&D space? Yeah. So I think what it ultimately comes back to is this duality of what I call the inner game and the outer game. The inner game is all about internally and being able to know yourself, uh, to use self-awareness to know yourself better, and to be in a mindset of reflection around your strengths, your talents, and your aspirations, right? Uh, as well as maybe perhaps your shortcomings or maybe your blind spots. The outer game is all about paying attention to what's going on outside of the world, outside in the world, right? We all live in a system that is much bigger than ourselves. And so it's being able to understand what's happening out there, what opportunities are relevant to me, and potentially how can I use what's in my inner world to mesh with the outer world uh, to find an opportunity that could be beneficial to me. And so I think that to me is how to use intentionality to figure out whatever it is you want to do next, whether that is making a, a move into something new, whether it's going through the transition process. And that also works in the other sense of the conversation we just had about being able to take action, right? You need to blend both internal reflection as well as external action. You can't think your way into your next career. But at the same time, if you just go and fire off a bunch of networking emails or send a hundred LinkedIn connections without actually being thoughtful about why am I doing this? Th that really doesn't help either. And so it, it, you kind of have to have both this inner game and this outer game uh, to be intentional about what you're doing. I think the other thing really is just to remember that there isn't really a race other than the one that is, is, is your own. And I think sometimes where intentionality gets lost is we, uh, understandably so, get caught up in feeling like we need to be a step ahead or we need to be in a place that we don't necessarily see ourselves being right now. And I think urgency can be helpful in a lot of ways. And I don't want to belittle anyone's situation, the situation they might have personally in terms of needing to get a job or something like that. But within the context of feeling less than or insecure about where we are at, the only thing that matters is, 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 is the own path that you are on. And what I said in the beginning is still true. There are a lot of ways to be successful. And there are a lot of ways to find a path into a career you enjoy doing that allows you to make an impact. And so I, I just really encourage people to uh, have the confidence as well as the uh, ownership that they're moving in a way that is aligned to how they see themselves wanting to do it, not necessarily getting caught up into feeling where they what they ought to be doing or moving at the pace that they ought to be moving at. Yeah, and it sounds like too, you know how I think, and I see this a lot with my clients, uh, whether they're already in L and D or looking to move within, but that kind of comparison game a yeah, little bit, right around. Sure. And you were mentioning it too, as far as like from a time frame and comparing time frame, and you know one of the things I always try to remind my clients is that. 
everyone's journey is everyone's journey, right? Mm -hmm. No, no. The reason what makes you so special and unique is your skills, your, your interests, your experiences, your life experiences, right? Like your strengths that you have and someone else has a totally different set of interests and skills and strengths and life experiences. And so that journey is right for them and your journey is right for you. And it's just, sometimes it's hard to remember that, but that's, I think it's sometimes it is important to have a coach to pull you back or a friend or you know, whoever's, I call them, you know, your board of directors, right. Whoever's right. on your board to pull you back and say, that's their journey. This is your journey. And I always tell my clients, you're never ahead or behind. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You, one of the things you mentioned as you were talking about that intentionality piece around, it was like networking and relationship building um, and being very, very, very intentional about that. So mm-hmm. how, how have the relationships you've developed over your career, how have those impacted your yeah. success. And for people who are just starting to build a network, where should they start? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love this question. I love talking about this stuff. I'm going to give a couple specific examples yeah. just to show you uh, what, what, what it means and how it matters. So one example, when I was, when I was getting to a point where I realized that I might want to leave my full-time corporate job at Salesforce to make a step into this field of training, coaching, leadership facilitation, et cetera, I reached back out to my mentor from Deloitte, who was that person who told me, hey, you're really good at this training thing. I reached back out to her and said, hey, I'm thinking about making this move. Any advice? And one of the things she said to me was, hey, do you remember this? I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if it's permission to tell the story, but do you remember so-and-so? He might be a good person to talk to. So she reconnected me with this person and he helped me land my first two clients as a a full-time business owner, right? So that, like, that's one very specific example of being able to go back to a mentor, someone who I trusted, as you said, on your personal, she, if I had a personal board of directors, she would be one of the people on it asking for advice because she knew me and she knew what I was looking for. And she knew someone who was doing something similar. She put the two of us in touch. We hit it off and he helped me land my first two clients. And so that's like one example. Um, another, another example you know, from, from this is that I, uh, when, when I was, uh, going or at the time when I was, uh, uh, thinking about this, I actually ended up, uh, interviewing Andy Storch, who, you know, well, know, uh, for my other podcast and, Hey Andy, (laughs) uh, shout out to Andy. And, uh, after the podcast recorded, we ended up talking for another like 15 or 20 minutes. He kind of told me a little bit of what he's up to, but he just kind of, and I kind of, you know, mentioned to him like, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Um, you know, you have any advice? Cause I know you went this path and he, he kind of gave me his advice. And then he just said, Hey, if you ever decide to do this, I have this great community, the talent development think tank, think tank. Uh, I'd love for you to be a part of it. If this fits what you're looking for. And sure enough, eight or nine months later, when I was ready to make the move, it was one of the first decisions I made in terms of joining that community where I've then since gone on to meet a whole bunch of other people, uh, who have been really helpful to kind of onboarding into the talent development and learning and development profession. Um, another specific example I have is I reached out to a or I reached out to a friend because I knew that they were in the learning and development field and we had gone to college together and we were involved in student government together but I hadn't talked to them in years but I just said hey I'm I'm in this space now I would just love to talk to you just about what you're seeing etc they referred me a couple clients as well and so these are just all examples in, in, that I've had but what what I will say is this what has helped me in all of those is that all along I have always been someone who has been genuinely genuinely interested in A, pursuing my curiosities, but B, connecting with other people who care about what they do when it aligns with what I do. 
And I think in a lot of cases, the feedback I get from people who have helped me is that they appreciate that I check in with people. They appreciate and can see that I care very much about what I'm talking about, what I'm doing. And a lot of times they want to just help because they understand that like I'm in it and that I genuinely care about this and they, and they want to help. Um, and in addition to that, uh, I've been told that I tend to be generous in return. Um, I'm someone who, you know, if you have something you're doing, you're trying to do and, and I can help, I, I try to help when I can. And so, um, you know, that has come, you know, in all, in all those cases of the examples I gave, uh, I can pinpoint to a couple things that I probably did to help those other individuals in, in return in different ways. And so I think it comes back to being able to be curious, find the things you're curious about learning, uh, find people who also care about them, uh, share knowledge with them, uh, certainly take from them too, in terms of, yeah, like you, you need to learn about what they're, we're doing, but don't be afraid to share, share back as well. And then finding ways to cultivate those relationships over time. Um, that the hard thing sometimes about networking and building relationships when you're trying to work towards a specific goal is that you never know one of those things that you do is going to lead to a specific outcome right away. But you just, if you believe in the power of building relationships and that you will go further faster in life when you're in concert with others, is you just have to bet knowing that these things are going to pay off. Uh, and I just, from studying lots of people who have been successful and seeing this in my own life, I just got to believe that that that's that's true. And, and that's why I, I I kind of use that approach. I love that. I'm smiling because I always tell my clients all the time that when it comes to networking and building your network and creating that community for yourself, you never know when it's going to pay off, but it will always pay off. Sure. You, yeah. And like you were, it's like you were speaking my language. It's like you don't know when it's going to hit. You know, you don't know. So you're you're betting, you're betting, you're betting, but it's going to hit. And whether that's it's going to hit because of this one connection, or it's going to hit in a year from six connections that came from that one connection, right? You just don't know. But it it always works. It always works in your favor. Yeah. And I think the I think what or at least pretty, because I kind of recognize, look, like I'm a genuinely curious person and I like being around people. I recognize that like, that's not everyone's jam. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's, that's fair and important. And so I think the other thing that has helped me was recognizing how to pick your spots in terms of being able to show up and, and build relationships in the areas that you feel most comfortable in. And some people love to do, you know, go be in person to do, go to events where we both talk, we're going to be at a conference in a month. I think we're both super excited to be around people and to meet new people, et cetera. I very much recognize that's not everyone's jam. That's okay. Yeah. There are other ways to build relationships and to meet other people because the reality of it is, is that whatever path you choose or whatever way kind of spot you want to build relationships in, the people you want to meet are going to want to do the same kinds of things anyway, right? And so if there's a way that doesn't maybe feel as authentic or uh, useful to you, there's there's other ways to go and do it. Now, there's some things you just can't avoid sometimes. And you just have to, I think, in those cases, you have to accept that, you know, sometimes you you do have to do an informational interview phone call if you really want to work at that company yeah. and, and, and you see a role that's there. But outside of that, there, particularly in today's day and age, with all the technology that's out there, there are so many other ways uh, to network and build relationships. I mean, having a podcast is a great way to do that, right? Like that that's like one example, right? And so anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, I've made so many great friends just exactly. by having yeah. them on the show. I was it was yeah. I was uh, posting one of my uh, episodes today and I was like going through all the previous art and I'm like, oh my God, like look, it's like a little collection of all of my friends that yeah. I've I've made. And so I, I love that you called that out because I think people get really, really caught up when they think about, especially my people who are my friends who are listening here who are 
beginning their career transition or maybe haven't transitioned or found a new role in a long time, that that networking piece can be really scary. But I think going back to what you're talking about with two things with the intentionality, but also the authenticity, like what feels good to you. And if, you know, yeah, going to that networking event doesn't feel good and it's not aligned with you, then the energy you show up with probably isn't going to attract people. Right. But yeah. Let's yeah. say for you, you want to be in more of a group setting. Um, sure. We can throw it back to our friend Andy, right? Like yeah. you know, that. There's so many different communities out there that you can join, and even if you're right. even if you're an onlooker, maybe there's someone else who's also an onlooker, and then you two create that connection as well. So sure. I I really love how you brought in not only the int- intentionality piece when it comes to building your community and your network, but like being authentic to yourself too, because you're going to show up with a different type of energy when you're in that authentic place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I want to pivot a little bit and I want to talk about some of the work that you're doing from a yeah. consulting perspective. Uh, and congrats, congratulations. You just celebrated a year of business, correct? Am I correct yeah. about that? Did I see that no, online? Are. Yes, Amazing. you are. Thank you. Thank you. You made it. You made it past the first year. That's like, isn't that, that's like the milestone. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I love it. So I want to talk some, about some of your work that you do there. I know one of the topics that you're an expert at and that you're doing a lot of research in is in the future of work. That is a term we hear a lot. We've heard a lot about it during the pandemic, you know, as we kind of come out of it, wherever we are now. Um, and that term can really, really be all encompassing. So I think it can, I think it can also be confusing and overwhelming for people to hear that word, like future of work. So when you are talking about future of work and you're doing your research, what what are you looking at specifically in that work? And where yeah. do you see L&D fitting into that future? Yeah, it's a great question. And I don't, I will be transparent and I don't love the phrase, the future of work for all the reasons that you just suggested. And <laughs> I also understand that it is a shared language, at least for now that we have. And so- yeah. We're going with it. But for me, at least, what I care most about in the lane within the future of work that I am really interested and curious about is just within the context of people and specifically talent and how they actually work. And so anything related to how do companies attract and retain uh, diverse talent in new ways to how do leaders think about developing and growing their organization and bringing in people into the workplace, into their organization uh, in ways that lead to actual business results. And specifically, I'm really focused on what's new and next. And so thinking about what are the ways in which and the practices and the ideas that are turning things a little bit on the head, that are truly thinking differently about what it means to uh, build a company to that hires and attracts people, that develops people in this new world of work. Um, you know, the way that I kind of frame it up is just around this idea that, you know, if we think about how much our world has changed over the past five decades, six decades, whatever you want to call it in terms of what that is. Uh, And have we asked ourselves, well, how much have we, the ways in which people work or the ways in which we attract talent, how much has that changed? I think there's potentially a mismatch there in terms of the, 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 what the, what the Delta is. And so what I'm really interested in and curious about is how do we move that conversation forward? And how do we think differently about the ways in which we do that? Uh, Because the other thing that I know uh, from the work that I do. And a lot of that is both in terms of uh, working on the front lines each day with first line managers and employees, as well as spending time with executives, is that there's a lot of people who would love a new idea, new ideas and new ways around working. And that's what I'm here to do is to think about, okay, well, how do we do that in a way that actually allows people to uh, bring 
their best self to work, to use their talents to contribute in meaningful ways? And how do we think differently about the way that that's done? And so that's the kind of the work that I'm excited about. And in terms of what L&D's role in all of this is, well, I mean, going back to what I was saying before, a big portion of L&D is being able to drive that change, whether that's on the organizational level or the individual behavior level or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I, I really think that they play a critical role in uh, ensuring that an organization survives and thrives and, and evolves because many are in this process of constant uh, evolution, of whether that's big or small of, of some kind. And so L&D can be at the forefront of that in terms of uh, really helping define the when partnering with the organization define who do we need to be and and how do we need to change our at the organizational level our mindsets and thinking around the business that we're in how we serve our customers how we empower employees and then certainly getting down to brass tacks and developing the programs the practices the policies that enable them to to get there uh, and so I, I think they play a really really critical role in terms of both you know being having the foresight to really look into the future and understand for my company where do we need to be? And then certainly also to having kind of the gumption as well as the traditional L&D skills to then partner you know, with the business, with the leaders to actually build the programs and policies, to get the buy-in, to actually go and develop, deliver programs that help people build the skills and, and able to actually get there. I totally agree. And obviously I'm biased, but I do think that, and I agree on the future of work term and for all those reasons that we talked about, but it what what it has shown me, what the research has shown me and what you're validating today too, is that I truly believe, again, from a biased perspective, but now more than ever and moving into the future, learning and development is going to be, it, it it's such a necessity, right? And that it's no longer just a, a vanity to have or a thing sure. around compliance that it, yeah. it's the, the partnership it has with the business. It's no longer something that we have to like, necessarily fight for a seat at the table, like the table has widened and the organizations have realized in order to keep and retain and to attract you know, the best talent, we have to also invest in them and develop them beyond you know, what we've done in the past. And so I think it just opens up this new way, the new ways of working open up so many opportunities for learning and development to really come in and establish a whole a whole new era of learning and development too. Right. And, and one thing you said that really struck me was around how in the last several decades, how you know, the world has changed and working has changed and our, our just environment that we're in has changed and the ways that we work have struggled to keep up with that. And I think learning and development also reflects that, right? That we, our world has changed the way that we work, change all of those things, but learning and development has also struggled to, to catch up to that as well. And so I think in order to be that key player and to have, you know, continue to have those seats at the table and be welcomed at the table, we have to also get our stuff together and sure. focus on, on the future too. And I think it's easy to get caught up in the past of, of, you know, the way that we've always done things, but there is definitely not only a future of work, but a future of learning that we have to be prepared for as well. And the future is now, the future is now. (laughs) So I'd love to know, you know, what, what organizational trends are you seeing through the work that you're doing that L and D folks should be most aware of? Sure. Great question. I mean, and I'm going to try to come up with some ones that are not necessarily uh, trite only because I think the trite ones are, they're there for a reason, but I I want to come up with ones that I, I think. Uh, maybe are a little bit different, but one that I, I I will say is around role design and org design. I think personally, there is a lot of low-hanging fruit that can be out there in terms of driving 
more engagement and helping employees specifically find their individual sense of purpose, which they can then use to architect up to the organizational purpose, which could then help drive better engagement. I think there's a lot more that's out there in terms of how managers can design roles as well as empower employees with job crafting to make the day-to-day -day work each you know better. Look, like nobody goes to work each day wanting to do a bad job, right? But like there's so many things that just get in the way from people being able to actually just do the things that they're being told and to do them well. And so to the degree that uh, L&D in particular can help with this or to help, you know, uh, empower them to empower managers and leaders to really uh, embrace some of this, these concepts of role design or design, uh, I think that would be something that could be spot on. And, you know, a certain amount of that you could, you know, kind of map some of this back to one area of this is in flexible and hybrid working, but there's still, there's still much, much more that can be, I think that could much, much more that can be done there. Um, I think another thing, which is similar to, I guess, org design a little bit, but is just, I was thinking about this the other day. All of our personal apps that we have on our phones have so much insight into who we are, what we care about, the strengths we have. What is the equivalent of that with all of the work technology that exists within the enterprise? Like it's there, some of it's there, like I know it's there, but like, how does, and how do we find ways to get that reflected back to the employee? And I think about this a lot because, and I'm sure in the work that you do, you do this a lot. When you sit down with a client and you probably say, one of the things I'm sure, I'm assuming you asked at some point is like, well, okay, well, tell me about your strengths, right? Or like, tell me what you're good at. Um, it's the right question, but for some people, it's really hard to know the answer to that. It can seem a little philosophical, a little amorphous, but a lot of that data lives in, in apps and systems and stuff but it never gets necessarily reflected back to us. And so that's something I've been thinking about a little bit lately. I'm not exactly sure yet how it applies to L&D, but I absolutely I love think it. it yeah, I think it it's definitely, it's, yeah, I think so too. And I think, well, it's also looking at everything. And this is, I think something also from an L&D perspective, right? That everything is data and and it's just how, the, how do you, how do you synthesize it? And how do you take it and say, okay, Oh, kind of going back to our example either earlier, right? I was an orientation leader and I got this piece of feedback and I did this, 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 and this, and that's all data. And it didn't make sense at the time. Right. But now from a different lens, you can look back and say, wow, all this data flows perfectly and fits exactly. in, into this right here. And so I feel like what you're talking about, it's just taking all of these pieces of data that reflect who right. you are as a person or who we are as an organization. And then it's, yeah. it's just, it's just assessing the right lens on it to say, okay, how do I filter this and synthesize it. I'm with you. I'm, yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Um, I think another one certainly is around internal mobility. And just that is something I think a lot of companies are going to start paying more attention to. I know that they already are. All the vendors are hot right now, but just actually putting that into practice. There are so many non-technology related things that relate to making internal mobility happen in terms of mindsets around what growth looks like, in terms of programs and policies, in terms of how managers are rewarded. I, I think that L&D potentially can play a huge role in helping kind of drive and change that. And then as a subset of that, I know that it's uh, in vogue to talk about the importance of training managers, particularly first line managers. I'm incented to say that because I do a lot of this work, but I think there also needs to be a better conversation around um, how do we do this in a way that is forward thinking and that actually um, teaches them and really embeds them the skills they need to be effective, knowing that the world of work is, is, is so different and continuously evolving. It just simply sending 
uh, a bunch of managers to manager camp for a day or two days is like, it's a start, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not the end of it. And so I'd be curious and I'm looking out there for people who are doing interesting things to really um, drive the behavior change of what they or define the behaviors of what they want to see out of managers and then to drive new innovative ways of, of actually teaching and embedding them uh, into their companies. Because I think being able to do that will start to drive some better outcomes or particularly around engagement, retention, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about the trends that you just talked about right now, where do learning and development practitioners or even people who are transitioning into it, right? So like I'm, I'm categorizing yeah. everyone in that category, but where do they need to start focusing their own development on to meet those trends and to be that forward thinking practitioner? Yeah. Well, I think a starting point is just simply being able to consistently ask yourself the question that you asked me in terms of what what are the trends and how do they relate to what I'm doing each and every day? And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an expert on them per se, but there might there is going to come a time where one or two are going to be particularly relevant to where you are. And so I think that is just getting into that continuous practice, right? And, and this is, again, going back to what I was talking about with the inner game and the outer game. And this is very much an outer game kind of thing where you have to be scanning what's going on that relates to the role you're in or the role that you aspire to be in so that you can better understand when the moment comes, how you can meet it. Um, I think the other thing is certainly if you are someone who cares about some of these things, being able to kind of think about how you're going to link your own individual kind of skills or strengths with specific you know, trend or role. Right. Um, there's probably uh, companies out there. I know there are companies out there hiring for people who do these things. And so that is something that you have. You know, how do you continue to deepen your knowledge uh, or talk about yourself or find the things that you've done in ways that align to what these types of things, you know, kind of cover? Um, and then the other thing, and again, this is not going to be rocket science, but, you know, go out and talk to people. The, the good thing about some of these things I just said is that, like, in theory, if you're working right now, everyone's got a manager, right? Like, Everyone's got a manager for the most part. So going and figuring out, like in that specific trend, going and figuring out, okay, well, how can we do this differently? There's there's some the low-hanging fruit right there in terms of, well, how do I get smart on this? It's like, okay, well, let me start first with talking to mine. Maybe I can talk to a few more other ones and get a better sense of it. And so I think there are some things that people are more than capable of doing. It's just getting back to the original point I made is it's asking the question that you just did in terms of what are the things I should be caring about? And should I spend some time trying to learn a little bit more about them and see how they relate to me? Yeah. I also love too that you, you invited people to think about maybe one or two, right. That we don't have sure. to be an expert in every single trend. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no role, no L and D role out there that requires you to be an expert in every single trend and, and, you know, organizational, you know, thought leadership and all of that. But if right. you can really say, okay, here's my role or the role I want to be in. And here's, here's what I'm interested in. And here's, how I want to tie those two together, then working on becoming not even an expert, but you know, having an understanding and and practicing, right? That that trend. So I, I love that you called that. You know, not oh yeah, everyone go learn everything, but get right. really going back to the, the word of our show, right? Intentional about what it is you want to develop in based on the trends that are out there. Yeah. So what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for someone in L and D or talent development in 2023? As this is. As we are it, currently, it is January third of twenty twenty three. So we are in a fresh new year. What is Aldi's biggest piece of advice? First off, congratulations! You made it to another year. What I would say, <laughs> what what Woo! I would, yeah. Um, 
I'm going to, I'm going to steal what you're throwing at me. Uh, be, intentionality is the word I'm going to say. And I think that uh, with the, with the start of any new year, but in particular this year, just given what we have all uh, had to experience in our own ways, there is opportunity to, to move forward. And the best way to move forward starts with the way that makes sense for you. And so it's being able to be intentional about uh, the choices you make, where you want to invest your time, uh, the direction you want to go in. And so I think there's obviously, there's there's always that camp of people, I probably put myself in it, who wants to start off the year with a bang or really be driven towards something. And I salute you. And I also encourage you to think about what is that thing that you really, really want to move the needle on? And not all of the things, but maybe that one thing and, and just start there. And so I would just say, now is a great time to be intentional and maybe slow down. Uh, one of the things I often you know, used to, I used to say this all the time to my team was, uh, sometimes you have to go slow to go fast and maybe a good start to this year would be to slow down and to be think to be, to think and be intentional. And then once you figure out what it is you want to do, then you can hit the gas and go, go for whatever you want to go for. I love that. I get that same advice to my clients too, that oftentimes we build more momentum when we pause, mm -hmm. you know, versus just trying to push through, push through, push through. So I, I love, I love that advice. So I ask this question to every single person I have on the show. What are you currently learning right now? Great question. I am currently learning how to do business development effectively as a self-employed solo business owner. As you well know, when you work in a service-based business, you have two jobs, deliver the work and get the work. And that's where you, I mean, at the most fundamental core of what you do, that's what it is. And I am putting into practice and learning many of the things that my salespeople that I used to enable uh, probably did each and every day. Uh, I'm learning a ton. It's incredibly humbling, but I'm very energized by it and really looking forward to get better at it so that I can grow my business in 2023. I love that. Yeah. That's always a learning too. And I think as, as business owners and as solopreneurs too, it's like, it's every day, it's like a new, a new learning adventure. Yes. <laughs> so Awesome. So business-wise, what are you working on right now? Where can people find you, connect with you, all of those fun things? Thank you for asking. Uh, people can come find me. They can connect with me on LinkedIn, just linkedin.com backslash backslash it's Aldi. We'll put it in. I'm sure we'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, if they are thinking about working with me or want to learn more about my company, BetterWork Labs, you can go to betterworklabs.com. We're a leadership and training and development consultancy, and we partner with companies to uh, develop their talent uh, through learning and development programs. And so I uh, would love to uh, work with anyone who's out there who's in, in, in an L&D role looking to uh, help upskill their employees. And so you can find me on LinkedIn though for if you need to connect with me or want to learn more about me. Amazing. Yes. So yeah, I will absolutely put all that information in the show notes. Uh, and once this, this goes live, I will make sure to tag you in it as well. Cause you all need to follow Al. If you are not following him already, he's amazing, has incredible content, uh, that I know I love reading. I love listening to you and that everyone here will have such a ball listening to you. So Al, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know this will not be the last time. Well, definitely not the last time we talk because we're going to see each yeah, other at I'll the talent development think tank conference uh in february which i'll also put the link in the show notes to too in case people were wanting to come and hang out with us in person uh, in sonoma come drink wine with us uh we're here we're here hanging out with you but i appreciate you coming on and spending some time with me today and i just can't wait to see what year what year two of business brings for you i'm so excited to to cheer you on and i can't wait to see what come what 2023 brings for you 
Thank you so much, Sarah. I had a blast. Thank you for the invite. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.